to Jits and Giggles. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, I'm here with Dr. Megan Jimenez. Did I say that right? Yep. All right, cool. She is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, an orthopedic surgeon, and a lot of her friends call her doc. Is that right? That's right. I don't think people know my real name in some of the I didn't know your real name for a minute because yeah. a lot of our friends would just say, oh, there's doc. And I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about, but... You're just so personal, so I understand why. You're so well liked. Thank you. Um, okay, so I thought we'd just start with you kind of explaining like your background in jujitsu. Like I actually don't even really know how you got started and how long it's been. So I've been training about ten years. Mm -hmm. Um I before that I did a little bit on and off, but I was in medical school. So during medical school, not an ideal time to yeah. get involved with all the studying going on. Right. But when I got to residency, I found um Web, which was actually at the time I'm not sure if it was LA Boxing or UFC gym at the time because mm -hmm. I first went when it was LA Boxing. And oh, okay. I was just boxing because I boxed amateur in college. So I said, okay, let me find a place to just hit some stuff, get some aggression out from med school. Right. Residents came along. I saw people like in pajamas doing something and it looked like my karate gi from when I was a kid. So okay. I said, let me try this. I tried it and then I tore my labrum of my oh. shoulder like five or six months in. Just two like early white belts going at it and not knowing what's up from down right. and my shoulder was bothering me so I had surgery at that time. Okay. Like, I need to not get back at this. I'm a surgeon. But it just pulled me back in. Right. And so about seven months after that surgery, I was still white belt, probably one or two strikes mm -hmm. early. <clears throat> and then I just was hooked and I was in. Then it became UFC gym, and then we switched location, and then it became web. Oh, and we switched okay. location again. So I've been. I was with. Professor Jonathan. From the very beginning. From the beginning until Purple Belt. Purple Belt with two stripes. Awesome. Then I moved to St. Louis for my fellowship in sports medicine mm -hmm. and was part of TAC team. Earned my third stripe under an awesome guy, Professor Watson. Right. And then I moved to Georgia and um, got affiliated with Gracie Baja and Josh Bolin and earned my fourth stripe and then my brown belt. Awesome. So it, Purple Belt was my favorite belt because I was with like three amazing male mentors and professors that were mm -hmm. just good friends and, and they were just amazing and so purple belt was my favorite because I got to go awesome. through all those gyms cool so you got involved with jujitsu when you were like thick in the weeds of like becoming a surgeon yeah so you weren't you weren't completed yet but you were in your residency is that I right? was in residency so if I was on trauma rotation doing like 180 100 hours a week right. craziness um at Christian I worked at Christiana in Delaware right you know, I wasn't on, I wasn't doing jujitsu. Right. So I'd be like, all right guys, see in three months. Or right, like, you take your breaks. Because and... I would be just working. Right. Like a lunatic. How was that like coming back and forth? Like, would you just jump right back yeah. in? Did you feel like really out of shape? Or... No, because I still was working out. It okay. was just, the times were weird. Like sometimes I go to the gym at like 10 o'clock at night or like right. four o'clock in the morning. So it was never jujitsu time. You didn't have like a good like. But yeah, I would lift like, and I would do things. So. Yeah, coming back was always easy. And then on the flip side, on the orthopedic side, what made you get into that? Well, orthopedic, so since I was a little kid, I always kind of liked like blood, mm -hmm. surge, like surgery kind of things. Normal anatomy. Things. Yeah, normal kid <laughs> things. Dolls and blood. Right. And so I could watch like operations online without a problem. Right. And so when I was in high school, I took an anatomy class, loved it. And one day my teacher was like, we're going to have a knee replacement video at lunch today. And I was the only one in there. Like, right. everyone else was at lunch, like, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> doing whatever you do in high school. Yeah, you were in high school. Yeah, and I'm eating. Right. Like, I'm eating my lunch, watching, just like, watching them hammering. Blood. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then I went to medical school. Mm -hmm. um, kind of knew I wanted to be a doctor. Right. Went to medical school, tried out different things, and it kept 
orthopedics kept pulling you back. Orthopedics is aggressive. Like, it's right. a lot of hours. It's a lot of time. You're treated like the bottom of the totem pole. Right. You know, it's really not a great culture. Right. I'm hoping that we can improve it. And yeah. I do my best. Like, I'm going to have residents again soon. And I hope to be able to teach in a little bit of a different culture. Because right. I don't like that. Like, just getting yelled at. Yeah. Like, you're just... Is that for system. is that for anybody like male females just in general? Yes, they're all treated general like yeah. yeah. Um. So I think it's changing, and I think the culture's kind of it's just very slow, gotcha. and that's not my style of teaching. Right. Um. But that's kind of what you went through. You went through the ringer right. to become an orthopedic surgeon. So I was like, do I want to do that? Right. Um. But it kept surgery kept pulling me back. I was gonna say, is that what made you? Even though it kind of sucked, you just kept going because you'd really have like a, a love for it. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then once I came out. My first year being an attending, which all on my own, mm -hmm. was rough because yeah. you're always concerned about what you're doing and when complications happen. It's like right. you blame yourself, and you know it happens when you operate. Yeah. There's going to be things, and so I kept going. And then after about a year of being an attending, I said, "This is too much. Like I don't need to see more patients. I don't need to do more surgery." And it kind of became more my schedule, mm -hmm. and I became more. I don't really like the word balance because that's different for each person. Yeah. But for me, I made time for jujitsu. I yeah. made time to see family. And then I just had better relationships with my patients and started enjoying it more. Yeah, it made more sense mm -hmm. for you to be able to fit in, like, certain hobbies yeah. and certain, like, family life. That makes sense. Um, oh, so you do more sports, the sports medicine side, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're you're specifically seeing athletes? Yep. Okay, so how did you make that decision? Is that just from you having a background in being an athlete? Yeah, I wanted to treat athletes and get them better and get them mm -hmm. to return to sport. Um, so when you're in orthopedics, you do five years residency after medical school, and right. then you can pick a fellowship. So there's a foot and ankle, there's spine, there's mm -hmm. trauma, there's sports. There's a ton of different routes you can go and specialize. And right. that's kind of the trend. Um, some people still come out though and just do general orthopedics. Yeah. And in the civilian, like the regular population, I have been more of a general doctor. Okay. 50% like sports. I do knee replacements. I do trauma, oh, wow. like a little bit of different things yeah. and fracture work. Um, so that's kind of why I joined the military, which I'll be going into next month, mm -hmm. and, because I wanted to treat all athletes, like, or as much of that population as possible. Right, so be as soldiers. Involved. Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't get much more than that. Right. So now you've probably seen it all with athletes in general, but specifically speaking on jujitsu, what's like the number one injury you see from jujitsu athletes? A lot of knee injuries. Mm -hmm. I would say knee and shoulder okay. are the most common. Um, yeah, <laughs> knee and shoulder. So, uh, knee is like a lot of meniscus. Uh, I see some ACLs and more now that since I tore my ACL, I have more athletes coming to me with that injury because uh, they're like, oh, they now you like too. understand it. Yeah, but meniscus yeah. is probably a big one. Um, oh, yeah. shoulder instability, like labrum, um, maybe from a dislocation or from a prank or a shoulder lock. Are you seeing like any correlation with like athletes? levels like belt levels or it doesn't matter um so there was a paper that came out like kind of looking at injuries mm -hmm. and it did look at like it said that higher level belts in competition do get injured more right and probably because there's a lot more technique like there's more heel hooks there's more right uh, knee bar there's more things at a very higher level at a much higher level yeah and then also unlike training in the gym like you're you're gonna take a little bit longer to work yourself out of some of those positions if you're in like a competition mindset you're not right. going to maybe tap as quickly you're right. going to try and get it yep yeah and people are putting things on a lot harder right exactly yeah but in the gym i mean and people are like oh that's why i don't compete because when i after i tore mine yeah. in competition people are like that's why i don't compete. Like, you tear just oh, as much yeah, in the gym absolutely. by accident usually accident oh yeah right you're like just slap slap hands bump yeah. fists you go in on something and, and boom 
Yeah. So it happens. Like I've had, I, I think I know of more people tearing their ACLs in training than in competition. That's interesting. So then I was going to ask you about your own injury. So I think I was there. You did that you were there. here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. So how's it been with your own experience, like trying to get yourself literally back on your feet? So in, when it first happened, I didn't want to believe it. Right. And it's funny because I'm an orthopedic surgeon. And yeah. I so I didn't know what happened at the time because yeah. I was trying to defend the heel hook. Um, you know, learned a big lesson. Should have mm-hmm. tapped when it was there because you don't feel heel hooks when right. they happen. Until it's until too late. <laughs> so I kind of like rolled out of it into a knee bar and then tapped to a knee bar. So I thought the knee bar was Is the reason that I was like having a little soreness. Right. But it never swelled up really. I just was like, oh, okay, it'll be good icing. Yeah. And then I had friends text me like, are you good? Like your knee popped. And yeah. I was like, no, it didn't. You're being dramatic. And I was watching the video a bunch. And when I was watching the video, I didn't want to believe that it was happening. Course, and I saw yeah. it pop and I was like, no. There's no I way. Good. But, I knew it was an ACL tear. I just didn't yeah. want to believe it because I was like, I need to train. Like, I'm going to be training. And know? because you're a doctor, you understand like how long that road yeah. actually is. I knew it wouldn't yeah. be good. So I was just kind of like, no, I don't believe it. And then the next day I went for a tattoo uh, mm-hmm. in Brooklyn because I was home visiting from right. Georgia. And I'm in the tattoo appointment and I needed to ice my knee because it was sore. Right. And my tattoo artist was like, let me see that video. And I shook because I was watching it. And yeah. he's like, you're lucky you didn't tear something, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> You're like, funny story. I was like, I think I did. Yeah. So I went to work the next day. I went to Georgia, got an MRI, and, like, it was a funky tear. It wasn't, of course, it was, like, the orthopedic surgeon that got the, the weird one. Right. And I'm sending it to friends, and everybody's like, geez, you could probably go no surgery. You might be able to right. find different options of what surgery. Uh, so I learned a lot. Like, yeah. I think I almost learned more on the treatment and the rehabilitation to ACLs now, going mm-hmm. through it, than when I was a surgeon. Right. Because we're taught technique and, you know, when through residency, we're taught technique. We're not taught how to, like, prehab. You right. Know, what you have to do before to get yourself yeah, strong. Yeah, like the post-op. After. Yeah. Like, we see these patients. So, I would, if I do an ACL surgery, I see them two weeks later. Right. And then another four weeks. And then it's three months. Yeah, you're not there with the day-to-day. No. So, this really was a big eye-opener. Right. And it's why I'm kind of, like, talking about it more and posting yeah. about it. Because now, going through it, I've totally changed the, the conversation I have with my athletes. I totally changed how I let them return back to sport and the right. timeline. Um, but yeah, the hardest part for me with this injury was the mental aspect. Yes. Like physical, I'm not concerned with. Like I've gotten back. I am strong. You know, I passed all my return to sports stuff right. at the six-month mark. Um, most people go undergo ACLs have to take at least nine months. But my surgery was different. Right. Um, we repaired it, kept my ACL instead of taking a tissue from somewhere else and making a new one. That was that nine your, months. Was were you a part of that decision making? Yeah, process? and so it was how it tore. Okay. It's very rare to get what I got. Um, but it opened my eyes to potentially doing it. Right. So that's the glass um, half full is that now moving forward, yep. you like can really say you understand yep. what your patients are going through. And it got me street cred. Yeah. yeah. Like people come in and go like, we saw your Instagram <laughs> and like we want you to do ours because right. you know. So I've had like shoulder surgery, instability. I had a uh, knee surgery, so now I'm like, those are the two main features yeah. I treat. And you can really Yeah. But the mind. Yeah. The mind is yeah. so crucial because when patients come in now, I'm like, how is like, how are you feeling? Like, let's have a real talk, which a lot of doctors won't do. No, okay. Like, let me, let me talk to you about like, are you, cause you ha- I had nightmares about the injury. Like, and I had so much regret. Like, I should have tapped. Oh my God. I know better. I teach this to my, my athlete, like right. my girls when I teach at the gym. And so it was a lot of like having to work on myself. Um, right. And I heard a sports psychologist. Like I was, I have a life coach. We That's worked awesome. on it a lot because it was more, it was like the same amount of mental training as I did PT. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And how is that like now that you're starting to slowly come back to training, do you find yourself 
more scared or do you think you're back to kind of how you were before the injury or how are you how are you feeling now so i you have to pass a bunch of psychological testing like it's a it's a form that you fill out right before and it's like how concerned are you that this could happen again or it's like i am fearful that this will happen again and you rate it on numbers for for what um for return to sport oh so before i even got back onto the mats it was like i did that full form well the pt gotcha so i did a form filled that out i had to do like hop tests and strength testing on this big biodex like machine to make sure it was equal to the other side and so once all that was gone was good my psych was like good the men, the mindset was good it was all there but getting back i made sure to go with good partners and then people that would slow me down right and i would start to rev it up yeah like, i'm only in my third weekend now gotcha. and I'm, I'm like really revving it up but i have people that are like calm it down calm it yeah down. so you're yeah. picking good partners that you know has like your best interest yep. at heart yep and they'll even go out of their way to like remind tell you, you to chill. Yeah. tell me to chill okay. yeah because That's i'm excited about getting back jiu-jitsu is my life right yeah. like it's so important to me and so I could not wait to get back. Right. I mean, I was back on the mats. Like, I was back watching jujitsu that I mean, weekend. That yeah. I was on crutches, leg propped up, ice, oh. like on my laptop taking notes. And I'm know? sure the whole time you're like, you know, you're thinking about it over and over. Like, that one little second, yep. you know, caused. Yep. But there's, you know, there's nothing you could do. Well, you never know. And, and I'm seeing the best of it now. Absolutely. You know? So this is probably like um, a question that's more like, case by case but as a doctor in any injury not just acl like what do you look for to recommend surgery versus non-surgery yeah it is very case by case yeah. and it depends on the injury because some injuries like if you have an mcl tear right so there's a ligament on the inside of your knee which is super common in jiu-jitsu yeah because we kind of like pivot and our knee buckles in mm-hmm. um or somebody has in a weird like lockdown or something right. in jiu-jitsu and our knee might pop on the inside mm-hmm. I just diagnosed one of the professors at my school like last week he heard a big pop okay. and i was like please don't be the acl you know and i'm doing all the yeah. knee tests and it was his mcl and i was like oh my god um so that's better yeah because we don't usually treat mcls operatively okay like the most i've really had typically if you're doing the good rehab and every day focusing on it and not rushing back into jujitsu the most would be like four to six weeks okay. out that's good um then you gotta slowly get back in you know it doesn't mean four to six weeks for the tournament yeah full like capacity. yeah but if it's like a low grade even one week two weeks the problem with jiu-jitsu and all athletes really but i would say more combat sports is they don't want to take a break right that's true. like i'll give you two days right because yeah. i'm like that too i think i did yeah. something to my neck and i was like two days right but it doesn't get better oh i'm saying what i hurt like my left side of my rib i'm like i'll just sleep the right side yeah. I can still go. so it kind of depends on what the what it is if we treat non-op or op right. for acls in particular there is definitely a role for conservative management it's again case by case basis like young division one athletes really probably not going to treat non-operatively because they right. pivot cut a lot right you know uh, but some people would debate to treat it non-operatively and i have that talk with every athlete i'm yeah. like we could do this like this is an option i would not recommend it okay. especially if you want to go like but it's up to them of course the yeah. of course yeah and like um maybe a 35 year old comes in and they were i don't know they like jumped out of their truck yeah and tore their acl i'm like okay look we could probably strengthen this and get you back to whatever you want to do as long as your biggest sport isn't like basketball, right? Like cutting, pivoting. So you take their lifestyle into consideration, all those things. Yeah. yeah. Like I've had 45, 50 year olds. Not that that's old, because right. if I was 45, say I tore another ACL at yeah. that age, I'm, I want to get fixed because I like jujitsu. Right. You but have to lifestyle. Even say your main like thing is bottom game yep. in jujitsu, and you're not standing up, and you're like pulling guard, you might not need to treat it. Right. Because you're not like up pivoting, cutting, wrestling, um, doing crazy things. So those are so all things you're you're asking. You have your to athletes. take a lot. 
take a yeah. lot into account. Yeah. yeah, that makes so much sense. Because I, I actually think a lot of jujitsu people who have been in positions like where I was may have partially torn their ACL like me and are coping and fine. So, gotcha. So, why did you choose surgery? I think I know too much. Okay. Um, it was a partial tear. Yeah. Um, so, like, you have your ACL and then a little bit of it tore off the bone. Right. And so, if you want to go in and repair it, like put suture in it and keep your tissue, right. it's got to be within like three months. Okay. Because the tissue is still there, there's still good blood flow. If you're going out like a year or so, it's probably going to, yeah, it's probably going to devascularize and just not be right. as functional. And you'll have to get a full reconstruction. So my thought on it was, while we're here, you know, I'm going into the army. Right. I've got time to do the rehab now. Repair it. Let's get it the best we can and go through the rehab process now. Gotcha. But it was very, it was a very fair option to say, treat it conservatively and see how you do. I just, so um, there's a test you can do of the knee and it kind of like mm. rotates and sees how unstable you are. Right. And that was positive. Okay. So when my so buddy was doing the test on me. He's like, you felt that? I was like, yeah, I felt that. And so, so but still, know. I could have probably strengthened around and yeah. been fine. Um, I just chose. So that yeah. was my decision. Yeah, just just given everything you know, mm -hmm. you probably got to be your best bet. So how how long were you out? Six months. Six months, okay. So you're just now, you said three weeks yep. in, but you're still taking it pretty easy. When do you think you'll get to the point where you can feel full? I'm probably like 90 to 95% right now, and I do, I do like turn it up a bit. Yeah. Um, but sometimes if people are like stacking the leg a bit or like pushing in our knee shield, I'll, I'll push the leg out of the way. Gotcha. Like, You're still protected. Yeah, it sucks because I'm like, all right, take side control. Right. <laughs> Damn it. But no competitions in the next couple of months. Yeah, I don't think we're doing competition yet. Until I can like really go with a bunch of the women and comp class and like yeah. keep up and not be concerned about it. Right. Like, I'm going to. Just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Are you feeling any pain right now or no. completely zero pain? Yeah. That's awesome. And then, yeah, pivoting to uh, going into the Army. So I just found that out through our friends. So tell me about that. So what? how long have you been wanting to do this and what was the process kind of getting there? I've been wanting to do this probably four years, five oh, wow. years. Okay. So I started thinking about it a little bit in residency and then mm -hmm. fellowship um, when I went and did my sports specialization. I was interested. COVID hit. And right. I was applying to jobs. Right. So I talked to the military, and it didn't seem like the right thing at that time. Yeah. And um, Emory University, which is out in Atlanta, offered me a great job. So I was like, COVID, and a bunch of other job opportunities went away because right. they were private practices and couldn't afford it during COVID. Everything right. was shut down. So I said, all right, let me take this Emory job. It's like staring me in the face, right? And it, I need to do this one. Yeah. And so it was amazing, like such a great three years, and I still wanted to do it. Like right. I still was just thinking about it. So about two years ago, I started the process. It took oh, almost wow. two years okay. to get it all, like, to get it all through. Um, but Emory was great. Emory, um, I was more of a general doctor. So I think what bothered me was people with very big BMIs, not taking care of themselves, not sleeping, drinking a lot of sodas, drinking a lot of alcohol, right. smoking. And it wasn't fulfilling me. Right. Like, I was just coming home just like, why am I so drained? Yeah. And it was just talking to these people about weight loss, about stress management, right. about finding a life coach, a psychiatrist, anything. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know, mind and body, we have to take care of ourselves, but everybody just wanted a pill. Right. Everybody just wanted right. something easy after years of traumatizing yeah, their body. So I was like, but then when I would see the athletes, I would be so excited. Right. Right. Like, cause our mindset's a little bit more like aligned with it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's different athlete mindsets. Like some yeah. people, they get this, they get this injury and they just shut down. They're like, well, I'm, I can't do anything for nine months anyway. Yeah. And then I have to talk to them and, like, really help them. But then there's other ones that are, like, 
like yeah. how I was, where I was just like day one, I was like, what can I do? Push ups, pull ups, right. start like walk, walking with my crutches, <laughs> um, and those are the ones that I have to pull back, right? Right. Like, so it's kind of it's cool. It's like yeah, a, it's a fulfilling. Dance. Yeah. No matter which side you're kind of you're trying to do it with. And so that's, that's why I was like, the military will be great because yeah. it's soldiers messing themselves up, wanting to get back. Right. And so that's kind of. Are you going to have to, where are you going to be stationed? I don't know yet. Okay. Um, I don't really go until June because I have a lot of training. Okay. And the training's they, local to where you live? Uh, no, the training's in Oklahoma. San oh. Antonio, yeah. Okay. I did not know yeah. that. But okay. I think I'm going to go to Washington State is what we're talking about. Okay. But you never know. How long will you be in Oklahoma? One month. One month. And then you come back to Georgia? And then San Antonio. Oh, and then you go back to Georgia? No. It's immediate. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. So I'm like pretty much gone from Georgia now. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. How's, how's Georgia been? Georgia was great. How long have you been there? Three years. Three, years? Okay. three Almost three and a half. Yeah. I've only, like, ever, like, passed through Georgia. I've never, like, stayed there. It was good. Years. I mean, it's uh, it's very country where I live, mm-hmm. which I had five acres. Oh, a nice. Pool, a fire pit. Um, I had, like, a cold plunge in my yard, and it was great. Like, yeah. Super quiet. Um, I had a bunch of local farms where I got my, got my beef from one place, my yeah. eggs and my chicken, my bacon from one place raw milk, my raw, like, yogurts. From, right. So it was, it opened my eyes. So to, you like, don't have that um, So everywhere I go, I have to find new places. I so a lot of places will deliver. Like, I've got a buddy in PA about six hours away. Right. I got him to ship all my meat, like, when I first got to Jersey gotcha. for the month. Are you still, like, you still have your home in nope. Georgia? Nothing? Like, you're, you're, you're done? No. I'm wow. between, so I'm between jobs. But I tell people I'm homeless and unemployed, <laughs> and it's great. Well, actually, so you mentioned the cold plunge. So... I know you know a lot about that. I've seen you like post on Instagram. I know a little bit just from like honestly Instagram and videos mm-hmm. my friends have shown me. So can you explain like what are the benefits of it and why like you personally use it? It's it's a good two questions because every person, well, people plunge for different reasons. Right. Right. So I first started it uh, about two years ago, mm-hmm. a little over two and a half years ago, um, to kind of build resilience. Right. Like just build a tougher mindset. Right. And, um, be able to like push through tough barriers in my mind right because yeah it's cold but it's all in your mind right. like yeah you're gonna give up mentally first exactly yeah. so your mind is what keeps you in or pulls you out right um so that was my biggest interest because i was like physically i could probably do it yeah will my mind keep up yeah um so i start so before i get into that i did it for that the resilience of it and it's like if i tell myself i'm gonna do it then i go fucking do it right you know and it's it's not like Oh, maybe I'll do it. No, I'm right. just not going to do it today because then I've lied to myself and right. I feel terrible. This is for your like personal gain. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I started because of that, and then I started noticing that when I would be in real life situations of stress, because the cold is stress. Mm-hmm. That cold tub is really stressful. I felt myself like taking a breath That's and true. relaxing. Well, relaxing through a situation that I would have typically been like, "This is ridiculous," you know, right. freaking out about. That's interesting. And I became a lot uh, more calm. Yeah. And just really take cool. a breath and like I say, I respond to it instead of just being. React. Yeah, so they make like a decision. So that was my yeah. main main thing for the ice. Right. Loved it. Um and then I start and then the physical re- uh recovery benefits from it. If I had a really big heavy workout with my lifting coach, like especially legs, he would mm. he crushes me on legs. I wouldn't be able to roll for like four days because right. I could barely even squat down. And <laughs> so I noticed if I went right into the ice bath, then I could really go the next day. Like I felt Okay. So you notice a big difference in decreases inflammation and all oh. that. On the other side, though, if your if your goal is big gains or like bodybuilder, probably don't go in right after because okay. you need inflammation to build muscle. Interesting. So it's kind of like what you're going for. Right. So if I'm right. trying to build muscle, I'm not going to go in right after. I'm going the next day. Right. 
um, to let that inflammation happen. But if I need to train the next day for jujitsu, yeah. I go in like right after. Um, and then there's also you can go in before. And so instead oh. of drinking a pre workout, this like shocks That'll your system you <laughs> and it gets you it gets you going. I don't go as long. I'll right. just do like a minute if it's before because I don't want to like freeze and have to yeah. like thaw. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how long. Do you normally go in? Like, what's so it's the two to five minutes, to five. Um, depending on the temperature. And everybody's different on the temperature. Okay. Um, so like I started around 50s or so and then kind of worked my way down. Um, and then you can play with the time. So the goal is that you want to be in there where it's like kind of shocking. And it, you want to come out, but you can stay in. Okay. So that's different for everyone. Yeah, you don't push yourself too far. People yeah. are always like, oh, man, you did it at like 36 degrees. Jeez, I'm like such a wimp. I'm like, that's not what it's about. Right. Because it's I wish that it was it would give me that effect at 50 because right. then I could have somewhere lower. Like right now I'm at that point where I can still keep lowering it, but there's not too much more to go. So I'm, yeah. I just keep it at the minimum that my body gets that. So you effect. have to like really be honest with yourself yeah. and, and know if you're pushing yeah. yourself. Cause right. I have people come over and they're like, I'm just going to get a time, like a record and they're in there just like miserable for 15 yeah. minutes. It's not the point. It's not the point. You yeah. just made yourself more stressed than you went in. Right. So my goal is to calm my nervous system, get in, keep it calm with my mind. Like I have a whole setup. Right. I have like um, like sage and lavender that I put on, yeah. like nice music, and like it is a very calming thing. Yeah. Um. And then when I get out, like I just feel like a million bucks. That's awesome. And I noticed in some of your videos, not just you, but some people wear like hats and gloves. So. I know the point, like you just explained to me, it's not necessarily too cold, but to push yourself. So why is it that some people are going in to get cold, but are wearing their hat or gloves or um, like that? Well, gloves, you could you have to do in cryo. Oh, so if you're okay. doing cryotherapy, gloves and, and booties, okay. um, because it's the freezing point, I think it is. I don't really do much cryo. I think I've done it before, but it's way harder to get into a tank, I okay. think, like okay. water. <laughs> Yeah. Water's way harder yeah. than I think. Yeah, just the idea of getting wet when you right. don't want to be wet. Is like yeah, and then when it's cold wet. outside. Gotcha. Um, but a hat, I will wear a hat in the winter um, just to like keep some of the just heat in. Yourself. Uh, but more because it's cold outside. Yeah. Yeah, you're like not just the part that's submerged. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the another big thing is dopamine. Okay. You get a huge dopamine hit. And there was a paper that showed that the dopamine kind of stays level after you go in for longer. Mm. Um, they equated it to cocaine. So okay. like, people that do <laughs> cocaine get a dopamine hit. But then yeah. it comes right down. But then what do they do? They have to do more cocaine. And so getting in a cold tub, you get that rise of dopamine that right. stays longer. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go <laughs> do my <laughs> ice bath and get my dopamine hit. Um, and it's, it's really a great way to do it. You just have a lot of endorphins that are released, like a lot that's of happy cool. chemicals. So there's a good amount of science behind it. Um, there's some research that says you could have increased testosterone, like for males, but both, really. Yeah. And if you, but it has to be a long-term thing. Right. It's for your cardiovascular health. Just like going in a sauna. Right. Like they do different things to your cardiovascular system. And so you're working out the cardiovascular system, uh, dropping your heart rate, dropping your blood pressure right. long-term. How many days a week are you like consistently doing this? I usually do three to five. Three to five. And then, but every day I go do a cold shower. Oh, okay. Regardless. Is that something like you take your shower and you end it yep. cold? Is that okay? Yep. I try to end on two minutes cold. Okay. So that's something that people that can't, maybe don't have access to a cold plunge, they can do that. Yep. So you just turn it all the way cold, last two minutes, just stand there and... Well, I like to have my music because okay. I have certain songs that I also know are two minutes. Okay. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. And that way it's like I, I know how long I'm in there for or a timer. And yeah. um, some of the music is very calming to me. Right. It is a meditation. Yep. Like if you're going into an ice bath with like hardcore heavy metal and things... 
great. And <laughs> yeah. then minus for the calmness okay. of it. Like, can I be calm going into this very stressful environment and then take that to life? Like, and it's good for your hair. It's good for your hair, too. Yeah, you dunk. Yeah. If nothing and else. Cold showers. So yeah. when I do my shower in the morning, I don't do it at night because mm. cold showers really wake me up. Okay. Like, okay. I, I feel sense. so good after yeah. I'm, like, dancing around and yeah. having a great time. Um, so in the mornings, every morning, I'll take my warm shower. I turn it cold. I back out of it. Okay. And I, like, take a couple really deep breaths and okay. get focused. And then I usually go in on the exhale because it's just, like, right. And then I walk into it. Uh, you want to keep it on your neck for as okay. long as possible. Um, so it's not, like, directly on your head. Not directly on your okay. head. I mean, you can for a little bit. But the neck, there's a nerve here that's called the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. And you want it to hit that. That's like your parasympathetics, which is part of the nervous system that is like your rest and digest, like your nice. chill. So you want you want it to hit that and just like get a sense of chill. Right. And then are you just trying to like focus on calming your mind? Just the breath. Kind of like, focus okay. on the breath. Like meditation. Gotcha. Focus on the breath. That's so interesting. Yeah. But I started with oh. hands and feet. So oh, like okay. when I first. Well, you could handle. Yeah. My life coach was the one that was like, you should go take cold showers. I was like, you're insane. Yeah, you're like, I'm not doing that. And he's like, just try it. And. I mean, he really helped change my life, so yeah. I try, I'm like, I'll do it. Right. And I put my hands and my feet in, and I was like, miserable. Yeah. I hated it. And so I did that for like two weeks. He goes, how's the cold showers going? I was like, oh, you know, my hands and my feet are in. He goes, that was two weeks ago. I was like, mm-hmm. He goes, so it's what's time. stopping you? I was like, I don't want to go in. He yeah. goes, okay, I'll remember that. And I was like, damn it. Like, fine. So the next day I did like a full three-minute cold shower, and it was like, Awesome. invigorating yeah so you'll you'll have your certain song that you know is like two to three minutes yep. you'll just end it that mm -hmm. way and then and then you're good yeah okay i think i could do that i think i could start with my hands like yeah start with your hands and your feet and then yeah. like arms and, and then you slowly smidge so did that help you with like you were talking about your mental um where you were mentally when you tore your acl was that something that like helped you mentally doing these like cold plunges and cold showers oh yeah um well i couldn't do the cold plunge for a little bit because i couldn't get in okay. out of the tank right with the i was like on crutches yeah. and um so i actually do have video of me like 10 days out with friends over and they're like lifting they're really me putting in. You in yeah but i had to get my leg out because i had the incisions okay. yeah and I was like, guys, I need to get in there. And they just, like, helped me in. And I was like, okay, I'm done. And they're all yeah. picking me up out of the tub. But it gave you that, like, endorphin yeah. rush. So that probably, like, yeah. truly helped mm -hmm. you. Especially, like, people that are used to working out and getting the endorphins from working out. You, I mean, you can work out your upper body, but you couldn't do what you normally would. So I'm sure it did affect you. you know? Yeah, and it was just focusing on what I could do. Like, I've got some videos of me, like, five days out just at the gym with my trainer just trying to like hand me things so right. I'm doing back and my legs up on a thing because right. the swelling and uh I was doing like one leg leg press with the other leg because mm -hmm. I just couldn't be out I mean day day one and day two I was right. I got videos of me doing pull-ups and like push-ups one leg and just trying to do even just like single leg just raises right. in the leg and get the quad working but that's like that's very motivational because you know kind of goes to show if you want to you can like a yeah. lot of people like you said will say forget it I'm injured it's a good time to start Binge eating or and not working out, and a lot of athletes woe do. is me. And mm -hmm. well, yeah. and they're just like they can't be a part of their team anymore. Yeah. They feel like they can't yeah. be a part of their team. But I tell people, just show up. Yeah, you're still you know, a you're part of the team, you know. And you can learn so much by watching. Absolutely. So yeah. I never left the gym. I was still always there, yeah. crutching around. Yeah. Like day so, twenty four hours after my surgery, I was at the jujitsu gym with like a pain pump on my knee. <laughs> I'm crutching around. I'm sitting on right. the back with everybody. I regretted it because it was really <laughs> it was sore that cool. night. But um, that gives you endorphins in itself, just like having yeah. that like community aspect, yeah. you know? It was like, I regretted it, but I was, I said my mind was more important. Yes. And yes, it hurt, 
I was I was day one like all right we're on the road to recovery back right. at the gym yeah and that keeps you going too that's like it gives you something to look forward to yeah. like when you have like what where your end point is in mind that like keeps exactly. you moving every day that's interesting um let's see the other thing I wanted to discuss I saw you're writing a book yeah so I don't actually know exactly what it's about so what is it about so um the title right now it's I'm editing right now so uh-huh. the title is Doctor Jiu Jitsu. And it's kind of, so about two and a half years ago, I was in a really bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was sad. Mm-hmm. Nothing was giving me joy. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to jujitsu, hang out with my dog, and I was just doing the motions of life. Yeah. Super successful on paper. Right. Like, I looked, you know, belt in jujitsu, orthopedic surgeon, all these things looked great, but I wasn't like, feeling like my life was great. I right. didn't feel fulfilled. Right. And then I felt guilty for not feeling like I was fulfilled when I had this great life. Right. Um, but I just wasn't in alignment, and, like, I didn't feel... Um, I didn't feel like ecstatic about it, and yeah. um, I wasn't sleeping well. You know, I was waking up and I was just like, "Okay, drink my coffee, take the dog out, go to work, come emotions. home." And it was just like I knew I was in a bad relationship, felt stuck in it, and so um, I hired a life coach at that time. Went on like this whole journey, did a lot of work on myself with him, and then broke up with this guy. And I said, "In two months, I'm like going to Vegas and I'm winning worlds. Like that's it. It's mm-hmm. about me, you know." And I did all this work. And so it's about what I did from being in that really low point in my life to oh. worlds and then beyond. And so just how you like, pulled yourself out of that. How I pulled myself out and just like changed my life yeah. so that it was like for me and by me. And I was like not just going through the motions. It was like wake up and it's like right. I've got things to do. Like it is going to be a good day. And, you right. know, I have shitty days too. And I have shitty moments. Right. And it's just, okay, how can we build from this and move forward? And, like, my whole life now, it's not just good on paper. Like, now I right. feel really I'm living good. a great life. That's awesome. Yeah. So what what made you decide to make it into a book? I would tell people the story, and they were, and I would get goosebumps when I told it, and they were like, you've got to write a book. Like, several people after, person awesome. after person. And I was like, guys, i got a lot going on. Like, I don't need to be writing a book. Yeah. And then it, I just kept, kept calling to me, and then I did more work with my life coach, and it was like, I'm going to write a book. Right. Because I want to help other people see what I saw or, like, give them advice from what I've gone through. Right. And so the first couple chapters are like mindset chapters, of baggage. And like I put journal entries in there and just what I was going through, That's the cool. struggle. And then the like last seven chapters are tactical chapters. So I talk about like cross That's training, cool. recovery, um, morning routines, night routines. I talk about like all the different things that I implemented once That's my awesome. mind was on board. I'm definitely going to read it. Thanks. So was it therapeutic for you writing it? I assume oh, yeah. just like reliving everything and like, also like seeing seeing your life from like almost like an out-of-body experience as you're like reading what writing is super therapeutic writing is awesome and I I have like amazing people that are helping me write and they're just super supportive um like I have one friend that I developed through this whole process and he's helping me start a website and like a whole brand now and he's just make he just makes it so awesome like when I'm oh man why am I doing this again and then it's just like oh that's right he just helps me remember that when it gets hard uh, but writing, when you first, when I wrote that first draft, it was so long. Yeah. It's like a vomit draft. Right. So that's like journaling. Right. It was like everything spit it out. And then um, when I started editing, it was like, okay, I said this 20 times and right. now I'm rambling. Sad, yeah. yeah. And so now I have um, a good friend of mine that's helping me edit. And yeah. so it's almost there. So it's completely written now. It's You're written. just editing, mm-hmm. pulling things out that need to be pulled out. Are you self-publishing? I haven't decided yet. Okay. I actually am going to meet with a traditional publisher because okay. that seems easier to me. Yeah. Like I can just put it in their hands and then it's 
they do Done, it. Yeah. Um, but self-publishing would be a little quicker. Right. And I'd have the rights to it. Right. So I still have You're to figure out what makes more There's sense also like you. a hybrid one that you can yep. do. We'll see. That's we'll cool. see. Do you have like a timeline when you're thinking this is all going to I want it to be this year. Okay. But if you do traditional publishing, um, my editor told me it could be like up to two years, which I'm not in a rush. Like I'm yeah. getting in the army now, right. starting my thing and like putting content out there and just trying to reach more people. So there's really yeah. no rush to it. I'm so excited. I will definitely be reading it. Um, I have a question for you. So this is very, this could be about jujitsu. It could be about being a surgeon, um, really anything. Have you, because when I talked to Yara and Nancy on the last episode, we got into, Love Yara and Nancy. Yes, shout out to Yara and Nancy. <laughs> Professor, yes. Yes, they are. They kind of got into like, you know, being women in jujitsu in certain situations that they dealt with being a woman. Um, are there any situations that you can touch on that maybe you experience being a woman in jiu-jitsu or, or being a surgeon? Well, it's funny because I've always gravitated to more male-dominated uh, fields, okay, just like fields. areas. Yeah. Orthopedics, super male-dominated. Yeah. I think the most recent number for females might be like 15%. It's not a lot. Yeah, it's pretty low. Um, I mean, it's more than it was, right? right. Uh, same thing, jiu-jitsu. I, I just, I think I've always gravitated towards yeah. that. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like that it is harder to be a female in these areas yeah, that makes, gets me going. Mm -hmm. um, I can't really think of one specific moment. I feel very fortunate because, like I said, when I was a purple belt, all the gyms I've ever trained at, have, I've always had amazing male role models. That have never, yeah, I've heard of really crazy good. things happening other places, but I've never That's experienced good. that. Um I would say maybe rolling with uh, some guys, like they see a, a female brown belt or like mm -hmm. a female high rank and then like just put it on. Yeah. The um, there. Yeah. And, but I've always been, been pretty good at just like, now I avoid those people, you know, it's like, right. just don't even roll with them. Um, but I mean, I've always had a really good experience and I think there's a lot of positive to being a female in these male areas, yeah. especially when you have those good mentors. So, I mean, I guess I could flip, like even orthopedics. Yeah. I had a lot of mentors that were really amazing, um, but sometimes they would treat the females differently as far as like coddling almost. Okay. Uh, so it almost went the other way. Which could be like a negative effect. It could be, yeah, because yeah. they uh, they see you maybe upset or something. They might try to coddle you or like be more endearing. Right. And I was like, no, like I want to be treated like the guys. Right. Like I'm good. We can do this. Right. Um. So I I've always been very lucky. That's good. And yeah, I've had really good experiences with. Um, like my male mentors and male colleagues, like I've always felt like one of the Good. the team, not like female male. And that might have a big that might be because of your personality, like you said, like you may just have like a little bit different of a personality where you like seek out being treated exactly the same as your male colleagues. Speaking about being a surgeon, so you know you don't want to be coddled and you don't want to yeah. be treated differently. So I mean, I also started ten years ago when yeah. women really weren't there. Right, right. now. At my gym back in Georgia, we have female class three times a week. So, oh, like, cool. it's great because we that can bring cool. new females in a lot. And then they kind of, like, transition into the male class a little bit. But you still have the female class. Right. And so I think that's been a huge thing that um, Professor Boland down in, in Georgia, my professor, has done. That's awesome. Yeah. Three times and a week we have females huge. teach it. Um, sometimes the guys teach it, too. But yeah. we have a female black belt down there. And then uh, we have another blue belt that, or purple belt. She's for a lot now that took over the classes. And I teach sometimes. Yeah. So I think that's been a huge 
uh, bonus because yeah. the girls can come in and be like safe. Right. And then when yeah. they feel confident, they can go with the boys too. Right. And now, like now that you've worked your way up the ranks in jujitsu and being a surgeon, is there anything that like you try to make sure to pass down to your female athletes or your female colleagues? Yeah, I was talking about it today. I did a lecture this morning on ACLs uh, mm -hmm. for the residents, and I was saying how important it is to have females on the podium, okay. like females up, because when you go to conferences in orthopedics, it's mostly men. Right. Um, so you're seeing more women, and so mm -hmm. I think it's really important that the women get up on the stage, because then other women See can that. say, oh, she's up there, I can do it too. Yeah, you can relate. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's what you did today for those women. For the, well, for, yeah, for some of the women in the, right. in the audience, the residents. Um, but I think bigger conferences that we need the help of the men to pull more women in right. to do presentations. That's really awesome. Yeah. All right, so the last part, let me check my list real quick. All right, so I want to do something fun. So since the podcast is called Jits and Giggles, I thought we would do a little thing just for Jits and Giggles. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to have you make choices. So would you rather? Okay. okay. So would you rather give up jujitsu for a year, which you basically have to <laughs> or give up traveling for a year? Traveling. Okay, why? Well, I did just travel a bunch this year, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty. And when I had my ACL injury, I was like, I'm just gonna travel, right? right. Um, up, and now that I'm back at jujitsu, I had the opportunity, like in January, I was like, oh, like my boyfriend and I, I was like, we could travel a little bit, or we could do yeah. this, and I was like, we're gonna do jujitsu, right? And I wanted to get it more tattoos, and I, I gave that up. I was like, no more tattoos because I'm training right now, right? Um, so that kind of pulled me to. Do you think that has to do with you being out for so long that that's why you're Probably. so more like heavily focused? That makes sense. Okay. All right, um, and this is interesting because before we started recording, we talked about you're you're on a little bit of a stricter diet right mm -hmm. now. Um, would you rather give up lunch or dinner? Mm. Probably lunch. I don't want to go to bed starving. Okay, <laughs> that's that makes sense. I hate going to bed yeah. starving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I won't stuff my face before I go to bed. I like to eat. Yeah, you don't want to go to bed just thinking about how much. Because if my stomach's growing, I can't. I can't okay. sleep. I didn't put breakfast because I knew you would say you would fat. You choose fasting. Yeah, I would choose breakfast. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So gi or no gi? No why? gi. Why? Um, I think I did a lot of gi when I moved to Georgia because mm -hmm. he is a gi-focused school. Okay. And I competed in gi and loved it. And then I started getting into wrestling. So I started wrestling with like the local high school and middle oh, school by me because nice. they're my size. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like eighth graders are my size. Small. And I loved it. Like yeah. it was the stand up game was so fun, which I feel is more related to Nogi, unless you pull guard, but right. if you're standing. Um, and there's just, it's more slippery and there's more, I think, a little more, I don't know if it's technique or quickness because they each have their own technical yeah. um, aspect. But Nogi seems harder to me, yeah. and especially with the leg lock element. Um, and now after being caught in my leg lock and tearing my ACL, it's like way more intriguing to me to gotcha. kind of overcome that and yeah. get better at it. That makes sense. But you're still training both? I train both, yeah. Okay. But you gravitate a little bit more towards And Nogi's just more fun to me because I'm small. I'm small, so people with gi just like they hold, just hold, they can hold on me. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in Nogi, I can kind of like slip could, out, yeah. like, especially when people are like bigger guys bigger. are sweaty. Yeah. Um, so I have more fun in Nogi. Okay, makes sense. But I like both. All right. The last one. Okay, so Megan's boyfriend's sitting over here, so I apologize for this question because it's going to be a hard decision for her. Uh oh. All right, so you have a dog, right? Can you tell us before I say this question? Tell me about your dog real quick. 
Uh, Coda, he is a black lab border collie. Okay. And I've had him for almost five years. Uh huh. He's awesome. I adopted him Aww. from a farm. Oh, we love that. Yeah, the day after my orthopedic boards, Aww. I was like, I wanted a dog. And I said, yeah. all right, let's go. And I had, I had never had a dog before in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, I was God. clueless. Yeah. Um, so he's your buddy. He's my buddy. All right, that's going to be hard. All I'm right. going to answer this one. If you had to choose, <laughs> snuggles with the dog or with your boyfriend, who are you, oh. who are you getting rid of? I'll get rid of well, well, no, not forever, right? Just like uh, we're gonna time. say, we're gonna say, like you don't have to break up with with the man, but like, all right, we'll say like who's, who's getting out of the bed. Well, if you only have room for one. Oh, Coda's been getting out of the bed lately. I know. So you're getting rid of the dog just for cuddles, yeah. Damn, cuddles man. at night. <laughs> that was a nice answer. Yeah, he's, in, he's really in the room. Loved. He's in the room. <laughs> you're like, what's the loophole here? <laughs> We'll, we'll do edits at the end. Okay, okay, okay. Liar. Well, I do have a king bed, so... The two, you're like, we can all fit! Yeah. And he has a puppy, too, so the Aww. four of us all fit. Gotcha. Okay, but if you had to, you're choosing your boyfriend or the dog. The dog's in the dog bed for the night. Yeah. Well, he also kicks himself out of the bed. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Her boyfriend's like, that's a lie. <laughs> the dog's coming first. That was a lot of pressure. That was a bad question. I, I wrote it this morning, and I was like... He's gonna be there, isn't he? I'm like, this will be good. Appreciate you. Good luck in the army. Thank you, thank you. That's all. Thank you.